Hello, everyone. Today, I'm going to be giving you a summary of our first Revelation class that took place in our midweek on September 4th. And today, what we're going to be discussing, this will definitely be a summary, and I'll be discussing the background of Revelation. Uh, First of all, Revelation was written by the Apostle John. That is pretty much universally accepted. He's the author. And um, it was written in the late first century and that's in, that will become important as we study through Revelation because of the culture and the times. Um, Domitian was the emperor of Rome at the time, and um, he was a major persecutor of the church and made Rome the same. So that will, that will play an important role um, in our interpretation of Revelation, which we'll also be calling quite often the Apocalypse. And I want you to know, um, today I'm going to give us the four basic interpretive approaches to Revelation. These come from the late Robert Mounts. And everyone who comes to a study of Revelation, um, because Revelation is so much different because it's prophecy, and some of it, depending upon your perspective, is unfulfilled prophecy at this at this point. Um, everybody comes to Revelation with a little bit different approach, um, but all of those approaches will usually fall into one of these four um, categories, or a combination of one or two, or maybe three, or even all four categories. So we'll begin with that. Number one, the first um, interpretive approach to Revelation is the preterist approach, uh, the preterist interpretive approach. Um, Basically, that comes to Revelation with this idea that everything written in Revelation has already happened. Um, And you got to remember at this time, Domitian was, as we said, the emperor of Rome. Emperor worship was a big deal in Rome. Um, the emperors very much wanted the, the their people to worship them. Rome was considered very much evil, um, the Antichrist, if you will. Um, the positives from this interpretive approach of preterist is it takes into account the plight of the first century church. Um, The first century church was very, very much, um, especially late first century, was very much persecuted, and um, it takes that into account. And the other positive about this approach is major prophecy um, is fulfilled from the apocalypse or from Revelation, was fulfilled with the fall of Jerusalem. Um, also, um, or the, the fall of Rome. Um, the fall of Jerusalem was in AD 70. The fall of Rome was in AD 476. So this approach says that um, what, most of what we see, all of what we see, in fact, um, in, in Revelation had already happened. Uh, and again, they see that in the fall of Jerusalem or the fall of Rome. Now, those are the positives with this interpretive approach. The negative is the latter part of Revelation or the apocalypse was never achieved. Um, as we know that the great part of Revelation for us as followers of Jesus is we win. I mean, Jesus comes back, um, there is great victory. And if it's already all taken place, then that never happened uh, and it was never achieved. So that is the first approach. The second approach is the historicist interpretation. Um, This basically uh, says that the interpreter of Revelation, which that's what we are, we are reading it and we're interpreting it, um, 
everything that we read in Revelation leads up to the time of the interpreter. In other words, um, this is the, the idea that, say, Charlemagne or Mussolini or Stalin or Hitler, um, they are the axis of evil. They are the Antichrist. Um, and, and the Antichrist comes into the life of the interpreter according to their culture, their time, their period of time. Um, the negative to this approach is it is way too subjective. I mean, you got Charlemagne as the Antichrist, and then later on it's Hitler who's the Antichrist. So so it is very, very uh, subjective. That is the main negative to that uh, interpretive approach. The number three, the third interpretive approach, is the futurist interpretation. And basically what this one says is everything from chapter 4, verse 1 in Revelation, um, on through chapter 22 is future. Um, from from 4-1 on, there is no history of the world contained. It's all still to come. Um, all is future. And as a matter of fact, um, everything that we see in Revelation and the build up to it is all shortly before the second coming. So it's all still to come. As a matter of fact, with this approach, the seven letters which make up to the churches, which is made up of, of Revelation chapters 1 through 3, is, the, is, is not letters written to specific churches at the time, but it is, it is periods of, of history um, within the church. Uh, leading up to the apocalypse. So that is the futurist interpretation. None of it really has taken place yet. Now, understand this. Um, some who, who fall in this camp of the futurist interpretation, interpretive approach would not quite go that far with their, um, with their stance. Some just believe that chapter 4, verse 1 is... Um, is simply a change in John's perspective from his focus on the earthly in the seven churches to um, to heaven, where he is his his vision is transported to that place. That kind of moves this interpretation from such a hardline place to more of kind of a softer version. Um, the fourth interpretive approach is the idealist interpretation, and that is basically the, the belief that Revelation is a theological poem about the ageless struggle between light and dark. In other words, this is a completely um, allegorical um, interpretation. Um, the positives of this is, is Revelation employs symbolism as its major literary device. About everyone um, understands this, so, so that helps out with this interpretation. The negative, though, is that this approach denies any specific historical fulfillment whatsoever. It's like the op complete opposite of the historicist interpretive approach. So that, that would be the negative, because there is, there is, is um, some history that can be found Almost everyone would agree um, in, in what has already taken place from the prophecy in Revelation. Um, each approach has something to offer to the big picture. That's something that's very important to understand. Um, the preterist approach, Revelation, um, we have to, to view Revelation in light of the first century crisis that was taking place and its culture. Uh, 
so so that is what is really good about the pre-terrorist approach. It takes that into um, into account in its interpretation. In other words, from the crisis that was taking place, because it was a very difficult time in church history and in the culture. Um, the people of that culture <laughs> would not understand anything about Apache helicopters or nuclear bombs being read into the apocalypse from John's writing. Um, so the pre-terrorist approach brings that to the big picture, and that's good. The historist appro- historicist ap- approach brings this positive to the big picture. Major crises in human history are some are some of the fulfillment of the apocalypse. Um, that That is very much true, and um, that is something that the historicist approach brings to the big picture. Um, the third, the futurist approach, uh, the central message of Revelation is history moving toward a great climax. Um, Satan will be destroyed, and the righteous will be vindicated. And that is something very positive that comes from the futurist approach. Now, in the idealist approach, um, when, when again, again, the idealist approach is everything about Revelation is symbolic, um, and that approach brings us and reminds us that God is at work behind the scenes. Um, it is the end, meaning the return of Christ, that gives meaning to the process. In other words, God is in control and he is working. So that's something that that approach brings to the big picture. Uh, there's one thing we've got to understand as we enter into actual interpretation of Revelation that we'll start with this week um, in class. Um, we have to understand that every one of us will lean more into one of these approaches than the other. Uh, I'm guessing that many of us will probably come at Revelation with our feet squarely planted in at least two of these approaches. Um, As I said in Wednesday night in class, some people will have a hand in each one and a foot in each one and be kind of be playing twister, you know, and bring a little bit of every approach with them. And the thing we have to understand that about that is our approach might even change a little bit before we're done, and that's okay. And it is also okay that we come to Revelation with different approaches and maybe even leave Revelation somewhat with different interpretations. It is so much different than other uh, approaching other parts of the Old Testament, which a lot of that is fulfilled prophecy, and the New Testament, which a lot of it is instructive for us, um, because a lot of revelation is unfulfilled prophecy. It has not happened yet. So, well, the way we come to it, um, if we come to it with a little bit different approach, that's okay. Um, just so that everybody knows, we hope you can make it this coming Wednesday night. Um, our next class will be Wednesday night at seven o'clock. We'll have a meal at six o'clock and we will be taking a look at Revelation uh, chapter 11, about verses one through 14. So if you're listening to this, uh, this summary on podcast, you got, uh, some information that we didn't even have in the last Wednesday night class. So you're going to be one up on everybody. We hope you can make it. Looking forward to joining with you you in study of Revelation.